You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and I'm doing a solo show, solo act. Trainer is on the move, going and visiting family, and I should correct myself, you are mid-weekend. It is a four-day weekend. It is Thanksgiving uh, break in, in many of your cases, and it's Thanksgiving holiday and all the working Cases And if you're working on Friday, this just occurred to me. If you're listening to me and you're at work on a Friday, quit your job. Quit your job. You deserve it. I mean, the, the boss that makes you work on the Friday after Thanksgiving when festivities usually start noon, if you're, uh, if you're conservative, usually starts before that. You should just tell your boss that you're not coming in. Call in sick. Do whatever you got to do. There's plenty of other things to do on the Friday after Thanksgiving than actually go to work. But if you are listening to me, maybe I can get you a little bit closer to Saturday. Uh, the Village opened. Uh, it's, I'm recording on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Be careful out there. It just looks like the icy strip of death. Maybe Sundance will open. I don't know. I'm going to be out there skiing on Saturday with my uh, with my boy Ward. Uh, he's my nephew. He is turning five. We're going skiing. He told me that uh, he wants to work on his sick jumps this year. I'm not sure from a guy from Southern Alabama how many sick jumps I've ever done in my life, but uh, we're going to be working on a ward, me and you. And that is if there's a kiddie terrain park. I don't know. Anything bigger I get scared of. So we're going to run through. It's going to be an abbreviated show. We're going to run through the headlines, some of the matchups, huge matchups in college football this week. Graham and I, uh, my my team, Oregon lost, so i got to pick up another team. And we'll we'll go through some just some highlights of the NFL, some interesting matchups there as well. So let me go ahead and start start you off with this. It's time for the huddle. And that is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something I'm stuck on, the quote slash question of the week. Again, I'll be abbrevi- abbreviated here because just hearing my voice, eventually you're probably going to have an aneurysm and blood will shoot out your nose. So. Good news of the week, Zags fans, your hopes are getting high. You've seen this before. You've seen the Zags be good before. They're number one in the country. They played number two UCLA, and they beat them by 20 points. Now, the difference here is a guy named Chet, Chet Holgram, who is seven foot one. He looks to be about 185 pounds. He shoots threes, he blocks shots, and he's got a dribble. He's like, kind of has the same g- game as Kevin Durant. He's a true freshman. Zags have a good core returning, and I love it when Zags fans get this much hope this early because I can only predict some sort of self implosion, let down in the Sweet 16 or even in, in the second round, the round of 32, just to have your hearts ripped out again not that i'm rooting against you zags but i am telling you this cautiously be optimistic take it from a uva fan cautious optimism even in times that you are the lights are shining the brightest be careful with looking ahead i'm telling you it'll hurt 
when you don't make the Sweet 16. But Zags looked unstoppable against UCLA. Chet Holgram wasn't even the best one on the floor. He is only going to improve. Get excited for that. Critical number of the week, $700 million. Now, I had to look into this a little bit, but $700 million was paid to St. Louis, the city of St. Louis. Um, They sued the NFL and the St. Louis Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, and the entire St. Louis organization and the NFL, as I continue to read this headline, there was a public trial set for the city of St. Louis versus the NFL. There was going to kick off in January 2022, so that was coming right up. The $700 million settlement was paid to the city of St. Louis, for I think for uh, earnings lost or monopoly or antitrust laws. I just want to know, and, and I'm not caught up on who – and what I just want to know where the, that money goes. You say here's St. Louis, here's seven hundred ninety million dollars. Now what? Do you get better sidewalks and curbs and more streetlights and public buildings get painting painted? The 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 town hall gets a gets a remodel. I have no idea where that money act public works. I don't know. It's great though. It is great to think. That the NFL can't move around all its franchises with impunity, especially when they're using taxpayer dollars to pay for all their facilities. St. Louis has now a gigantic football facility that I'm assuming is is being utilized in, in some capacity, but is just sitting there empty without an NFL team in it that you paid for. And by you, I mean the taxpayers of St. Louis. They all paid for that stadium, and all of a sudden they say, hey, we're going to get up and move to L.A. and build a new stadium. That was never really fair. It's not fair for the fans of St. Louis to all of a sudden wake up one day and they have nothing. I mean, they, I mean, they have the Cardinals, but they don't have any NFL left. So maybe we can distribute all the all that cash amongst all the St. Louis fans in the greater St. Louis area. Just give a little a little NFL stimulus check. You know, the holidays are coming up. Grab yourself an extra. TV or PlayStation or whatever is new and, and fashionable and ask and ask your local government for a little stimulus check. You you deserve it. My stuck on James Franklin. Now, James Franklin is the head coach of Penn State. He was hot in the news when the LSU job opened up. Since then, Dan Mullen has been fired. The Florida job has opened up. He was hot in the news when the USC job opened up in Southern California earlier this year. I think that was the first Power 5 team to lose his, to lose his head coach. Now, those three jobs are big, big jobs. James Franklin is in the Big Ten East with Penn State. He just inked a 10-year extension, $8.5 million per year, and says, no, I'm going to stay here at Penn State and see this out. If you're a Penn State fan, you're stoked. If you're a USC fan, if you're an LSU fan, you're not stoked. I think that LSU job is just ripe for a James Franklin type. James Franklin seems more, so, you know, Southern California, but LSU again, we've said this on the show, does not compete with anybody else in the state of Louisiana for recruits. You can survive off Coach O's recruits for a little while, get your own recruiting base in the state of Louisiana, probably fairly simply. Half the high school teams are either Tigers or Purple and Gold. 
it is a complete funnel to LSU. There's nobody else. And I thought James Franklin would have added to the SEC West by having another big name at that program. Now that James Franklin's tied into a 10-year deal with Penn State, I don't know what LSU, USC, and University of Florida, who are they targeting? I mean, Florida made a huge move in firing Dan Mullen, a man that was in the SEC championship last year. I think he had 11 wins his first year, 10 wins his second year, eight wins with an SEC championship berth last year, and he is out at Florida. And I think it has more to do with recruiting and his inability to recruit. He's competing with FSU, Miami, and a couple of uh, group of five teams down there as well as uh, FAU or wherever Lane Kiffin came from. Point is, Florida, I think, has put themselves in a situation where they're going to be having a coach for three to four years and buying them out every three or four years. I think Florida has put themselves in a bad situation by, by firing Dan Mullen unless they got some Urban Meyer or something in the works. I mean, Urban Meyer has to be considered for some of these college jobs, but he has the Jaguars winning games they're not supposed to be winning. So it's very curious how Urban Meyer's name has been pushed back away from the college ranks as his Jaguars are having more success. But you have to imagine there is interest from the University of Florida. They are picking up the phone and dialing either Urban's burner phone or his uh, his wife's phone. I'm sure Urban Meyer has taken his phone and just, just thrown it into the toilet and said, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. He's probably got plenty of, plenty of text and photos on there he does not want people seeing. So James Franklin, again, inks a 10-year extension, kind of leaves LSU, USC, and the University of Florida scratching their heads. My quote slash question of the week, there's been some great news out of, the, out of uh, the rivalry between Army and Navy. Some cadets from Army drove all the way down to Na- Annapolis, Maryland and stole Navy's mascot. And I'll give you the quote from the lieutenant general. He says, The U.S. Military Academy and the U.S. Naval Academy are disappointed by the trust that was broken recently between our brothers and sisters in arms. That seems like kind of a canned answer. You have to to think that you got to let these kids have fun, especially with their rivals. I think the big detail of this that is, um, what am I trying to say? disappointing or concerning is that the guys up there at West Point went down and and now the uh, let me backtrack here the Navy's mascot's name is Bill and there's been about 37 Bills a lot of other Bills still exist they all live together the Army cadets went down there and stole the wrong Bill Bill number 37 is currently the mascot at Navy they went and stole Bill number 34 and while you're all telling yourselves that maybe all the bills look the same number 34 is one horn what are we training these cadets to do identify people of interest and they can't identify that bill number 34's got one horn unbelievable steal the right goat if you're gonna play a prank pull on the right person or steal the right mascot i with that being said i think that's that leads uh Leads me to believe that Navy's going to take home that the uh, the rivalry game this year. That's not until uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. So high alert, keeping my eye on you, West Point. Steal steal the right 
uh, goat or whatever it is from Navy when you're pulling a prank. And that was my huddle without Graham Trainer. I hope you made it all the way through that without uh, going ahead and and gouging out your eyeballs. So, uh, more importantly, let's transition. Let's transition college football. A lot of games, a rivalry games this week. The Egg Bowl has already happened. If you're listening to this on the on the radio, Mike Leach versus Lane Kiffin. What what a great matchup. And is it weird that Lane Kiffin's been an Ole Miss for two years, and I don't seem to hate him. Like, I've, I've really thought I would not like him, but he just is so good on the internet. He, like, wins the internet all the time, and I can't help but like the guy. I think that's going to be an electric game. You already know the result by the time this podcast comes out. So Graham and I have a pick em. We pick four teams. We try to figure out which four are going to uh, the college football playoff. I'll run through mine, and then I'll run through Graham's. I have Alabama, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Oregon. Graham has Georgia. Michigan, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. Let me go ahead and say this. Bama at Auburn, the Iron Bowl. Bama's favored by 19 and a half. Hopefully Alabama can finish off Auburn. For whatever reason, in my tiny brain, Auburn still has a chance. I've seen crazier things happen. Without Bo Nix, I don't think they have a very, I mean, that chance goes down to slim. Bama favored by 19 and a half points. Has me a little worried. Bama's been unable, unable to put teams away, especially teams they're better than, especially teams they have 15-point, 14-foot point spreads against. I mean, you saw it during the Tennessee game. You saw it last week in Arkansas. They didn't take off Arkansas. I think Alabama's offensive line can be exposed. That being said, I don't think Auburn is, is going to be good enough to win this game. I do think – Bama will play down their competition and keep it closer than comfort because that's what they've been doing all year. Georgia. We'll flip it over to Graham's side. Georgia is favored by 35 against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just came off a loss by 55 against Notre Dame. I'd bet your mortgage on the on the uh, UGA covering that spread. That is if they keep the starters in the entire game. Georgia has... Let me see. Georgia Georgia's already wrapped up the SEC East, so they, they win this game comfortably... They go on to face Alabama in the SEC title game in Atlanta. Let's talk about this. I have Cincinnati. They're favored by 14 at ECU. ECU is a trap game before Cincinnati plays Houston in the AAC championship. Keep your eye on that game. Cincinnati just got bumped up to number four. They are in the college playoff as we speak. Now they seem to be in the driver's seat where they have their the, – the steering wheel. They have it firmly in their grasp and they control where they go. Can they, can Luke Fickle get the Bearcats up enough to beat an overmatched ECU team, do so, get to the American and, and finish off the season, get to the AAC championship and finish off the season like everyone expects them to? I think these two games will, well, I mean, these two games will dictate if their, their college football playoff hopes. But it will tell us a lot about Cincinnati and their prep. Have they been able to go undefeated for an entire season, which they were required to do to get into the position that they're in? Can they finish it off? Sometimes expectations weigh on these guys playing football. And if Luke Fickle is who we think he is, he will get his teams prepared. But ECU, sneaky, sneaky team here. Trainer has Notre Dame at Stanford. Notre Dame is favored, what's that, 19 and a half? Stanford is bad. I know they beat Oregon, but 
They are bad. Notre Dame has no does not have control of their own destiny. They're sitting at number six, 10 and one with one loss to number four, Cincinnati. But they are sitting there. Above them is at number five is Michigan. And you know that everyone knows that Michigan has to play Ohio State this week. And so they're kind of sitting there. The college football playoff committee loves them. They love this, the story of them kind of sneaking in. They have the ability to sneak in, but they do not have a way to play themselves into this game unless they take advantage of next week's, not this weekend, but next weekend's championship weekend. That is entirely possible. Uh, I think they polish off Stanford. They sit there and they lie in wait as everyone sorts itself out uh, during championship weekend. The big games. The big game. How about this? Ohio State going into the big house favored by eight. Noon kickoff, which is, I don't know why they do this. Why does the Big Ten kick off at noon? Like it's a, oh, well, it's a tradition. Like who cares? Get, flex this game to, to the nighttime and let's have 110,000 people underneath the lights. Let's see if C.J. Stroud can go in, having never played this game in Michigan, go into the big house and make them beat you in front of 110 raucous fans who have been at it since, since 11 a.m. in the morning. I think that is a much more challenging environment to play in than a noon kickoff. I think that favors Ohio State. That being said, Ohio State's weakest unit is their defense. They've been playing better recently, but I don't know if Michigan's offense can keep pace with Ohio's Ohio State's offense. Ohio State is going to score. They should have four or five Heisman finalists in New York. C.J. Stroud, three of the receivers, the running back, all very, very skilled at their respective positions. Two things can happen in this game. Michigan keeps it close and uncomfortable, or Ohio State blows the door off them like they did Michigan State. No one in their right mind, if you looked at Michigan State's pass defense, thought that Michigan State was going to be able to play with Ohio State. That came true. Ohio State scored on their first seven possessions to make it 49 to nothing at the half. Thanks, Michigan State, for coming out, but you were the team that I thought you were. I never thought you deserved that that high of a ranking. I just I just didn't ever believe in Michigan State, and I really don't believe in Harbaugh against his rivals. He lost to Michigan State. I think he continues that trend and loses to C.J. Stroud and the Buckeyes. Now, sorry, I had to take a drink of water there. Throat's getting a little dry. Um, now, let's take a look. I have Oregon. They have dropped all the way down to number 11, sitting at 9-2. and two. Fall from grace. They lost. Going to Utah in November is hard. Ever since Utah made the quarterbacks switch, they've been playing great football. Oregon just happened to run into a good Utah team that's peaking at the right moment. Trainer has Oklahoma State. They look to be in a great position at number seven to crack that top four, especially with Ohio State and Michigan playing each other. Georgia and Alabama will have to play each other in the SEC championship. Somewhere along the line, if Alabama loses, Oklahoma State um, presumably will jump Notre Dame with a win over Oklahoma this weekend and a Big Big 12 championship. Can they do it? They play Oklahoma in Bedlam. And I'll go ahead and say it. I'm going to drop Oregon, pick up Oklahoma just to play spoiler, And anything can happen in Bedlam. I mean, just a couple of years ago, Oklahoma State was in a position to go to the college football playoff. Uh, It might have even been the BCS era. 
and they blew it. I mean, I just think that Oklahoma State is built a little differently than this year when it's not all offense. It is actually Oklahoma State's defense that has kept him in games and kept him winning. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma face each other in Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater. I think Oklahoma State either rolls OU because they're the frauds that we think they are or Oklahoma wins in dramatic fashion. I don't think there's any other way that's going to happen. Oklahoma wins a close one. Oklahoma State blows them out, shows that they're dominant, and they continue on their quest to be uh, in the college football playoff. I believe that if Oklahoma State wins, they'll have to face Baylor again in the Big 12 championship, which will give them another top 25 win. I mean, excuse me, another top 10 win. Baylor's at number eight, sitting at nine and two. They jumped up from number 11. So Oklahoma State in the driver's seat, in a rivalry game, you can't really ask from for much more than a rival to continue your quest to get into the college football playoff. And we see that between Ohio State and Michigan and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You have to tune in to watch those games. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lazy Saturday. You've eaten most of your leftovers. Turn on the game. Enjoy. Um, let's move on to the NFL. Dallas talking college football. Let's move on to the NFL. One of the more interesting matchups I see through the slate, a lot of bad matchups. Um, and we got a lot of NFL on Thursday, so you've already got that out of your system. But what is left is the Titans are playing the Pats, and they're and they're in they're in New England. Over under is 44 and a half. The Pats are favored by six and a half, favored by a touchdown. That being said, these two teams, they do three things well. They can stop the run, they can run the ball. And they can dominate field position. And dominating field position is a good good special team. Now, that might sound obvious and rudimentary, but it's true. I like the under here, under 44.5. The Titans are starting to fizzle a little bit without Derrick Henry. They still have some weapons on offense. The Pats seem to be hitting their stride right now. They're rounding into form. Mac Jones is making throws. The biggest compliment about Mac Jones I've heard from around the league is that he's playing on time, meaning that he's reading the right reads, at the correct time. He's going through his progression in the correct order at the correct time and making the throws when he needs to. And he's backed up by Damian Harris. Um, and they're just the, the Pats are looking well. Are they picking too early? Maybe. But right now, I would pick the Pats and the under, but Titans to cover. Um, the other interesting one I saw is the Rams at the Packers. I think the Rams are not as good as we think they are. They have a bunch of big names that you recognize. They have OBJ, Matt Stafford, Vaughn, Darnold on the defensive line. They have Cooper Cup. They have all these big names. I think the Rams, have if they win, they prove themselves as contender. I think the Packers, on the other hand, although Aaron Rodgers came out and said his toe is actually a fractured toe, it's not just turf toe, both sound relatively painful not to give any credit toward, towards Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers are the team to beat. They are Super Bowl contender. It's time for the Rams to say, hey, we're also Super Bowl, Super Bowl contenders. Not this weekend. Packers are for real. Rams have a lot to still work on. Plenty of time to make it up. But I will take the Packers. Uh, the fam- Rams are favored by one. But I think I think 
you should bet the Packers. Packers. Now, this is an interesting scenario that everyone needs to pay attention to. The AFC North is all playing each other this weekend. The AFC North is a tight race. You have the Ravens leading at seven and three, Cincinnati at six and four, Pitt at five four five four oh five four and one. Oh boy, that tie. The tie in the seventeen game setup. That just makes my tiny brain hurt. That's Pitt. Pittsburgh Steelers are at five and four and 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 an asterisk, and the Browns are at six and five. That is a one, two, three, four respectively. Ravens, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. The Browns are at Baltimore. Baltimore Baltimore's favored at, by three and a half. I think Baker Mayfield is is gritting his teeth and playing through so many injuries that you have to wonder if someone can give him a break. And and just sit out a couple games. Like you can't you can't against Baltimore. I understand him playing through the pain here, but that being said, they need to find a couple of weeks to get Baker off the field. He is so banged up. Browns and Baltimore control the line of scrimmage very well. They both run very well. It's just going to be if Lamar Jackson makes his throws, and he's proven that he can. He's been he's had the stomach bug for four weeks now. I'm assuming he's going to play. I like I still like Baltimore in this game. I think that Baker Mayfield has some ground to make up on the road. I like Baltimore in this game. They're going to extend their lead of the AFC. Now Pittsburgh has been way more competitive than I ever thought. They're playing Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by four and a half. I like that. I think Cincinnati's is is more the real deal. They're they're they know their offense. They know their identity. They can run a little bit. I think Cincinnati will beat Pitt. I think Pitt will keep it close, but mm, I might even take the spread. Four and a half to Cincinnati. Now, that is all I have. It was, I told you it was going to be brief. I told you it was going to be short. Next week, expect Graham Trainer to be back with me, and we'll be doing our usual thing. Enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. Please be safe. Don't do anything too stupid unless you're in the Kitty Terrain Park. And if you're going buck wild out there on the icy strip of death, when you do your spread eagle, just spot your landing. There's going to be a lot of people out there. Some of them might be in blue jeans. You know who you are. Just avoid the people in blue jeans, and everyone have a safe Thanksgiving weekend. And if you're working, uh, just quit your job. Walk out. Maybe text your boss that you're quitting. But if not, no worries. Download our podcast. It's available on Spotify and on iTunes. We are Teton Sports Talk. Five-star review. Say whatever you want to in the review. Download and rate. And guys, that's it. That's all.
We were digging and sifting from five to five Selling everything we found just to stay alive Gold flowed free like the whiskey in the bar Sinning was the big thing, Lord, and sin was star And there's fire on the mountain, lightning in the air Gold in them hills and it's waiting for me
I dreamed of the day when I'd hold you in my arms again, read you all the letters I wrote, never sent. Give you all the pieces of me, put them back together, put them back together again. Life has a way of writing your story for you, and the hero doesn't always get his girl. What if you could change the end to the novel they've been writing? Leave no resolution. So goodbye, Carolina. Serves my whole life to find you. Hate to leave you, but I hope you know where I'm going. I'll be seeing you. So hold my hand as I'm leaving. Pain would be enough reason. See you on the other side of the blue red sky. Now I'm going here to tell you goodbye. Hey 
But I hope you know where I'm going. I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you.
laughing like the devil on a rainy summer Sunday with the decent people shaking their heads. We didn't want to change the world. We could barely change the sheets of our bed. Oh, shit. 
Will she remember all the things we said? And what's the chance that she'll remember all those nights in the riverbed? If it's money you want, then I'll get it. 